0: Hello, I'm Luke Pears and welcome to episode four of my podcast, where I chat with artists, musicians, and small business owners about their experiences and their creative journey. In this episode, I chat with singer-songwriter Lo Barnes. Lo's music is mysterious and cinematic, combining Tarantino-esque soundscapes with haunting vocals and tales of heartbreak. We chat about her new radio show, The Lonely Lounge, film soundtracks that have inspired her music, and the art of making creative music videos using old film techniques. So here's my chat with Lo, and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Do you want to just introduce yourself and where you're from? Yeah. What, like a Silla Black, kind of like, what's (laughs) your name, where do you come from?
1: That's all I wanted as a child (laughs) was to be all Silla Black. So thank you for asking me in that way. (laughs) That was a great show, yeah. (laughs) Um, I used to watch that. Yeah, same. God, love that. Miss that telly. Um, yeah, Saturday
0: Night TV. It's just not a thing,
1: really, is it now?
0: A thing, didn't it? Used to have Gladiators and then Blind Date. Ugh. Um, I'm trying to remember the other shows, but it was like a definite event, almost. Like, yeah. family would sit down and watch. But it's a shame you don't really, don't really have that now, do you? Apart yeah, like and
1: sometimes X-Factor. I wonder if it's like my taste is just different than I, than other people's <clears throat> is. And maybe I think it's different when you have m- so much more available all the time. Like I hardly ever watch telly that's just on now. Do you know what I mean? I don't tend Life to tape, tune yeah. in on BBC Two at nine o'clock <clears throat> on a Tuesday i or like go on Netflix. So maybe yeah. that's just changed our habits as
0: well. Yeah, catch up TV like exactly. when in your own time kind of thing yeah yeah so for like people listening who might not know who you are and what you do do you want to just introduce yourself
1: of course yeah so my name is Lo Barnes I just turned 32 I think I'm a fully fledged grown-up at this point and <laughs> I <laughs> I hate to admit it but I think it's true um I'm from London, but I now live in Bath. I moved down here about three and a half years ago. And I am a musician. I'm a kind of singer-songwriter. I used to do quite a bit of kind of session singing. So like singing for other people's projects, um, toured with a few bands and that kind of thing and used to do like vocal coaching and stuff like that and then sort of trimmed the fat of my life down a bit by moving to Bath and sort of trying to give um my writing and my own musicianship like a bit more of a make that more of a priority so that's kind of where I'm at now
0: cool and we met when um we were filming a project called in session and so that's a project by the Pound Arts team. Yeah. And so you were teaching your, how to play your song Lonesome yeah. on guitar. And um, I wanted to ask you if you've done any teaching before.
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, not yeah. on the guitar, which is why that was, it was kind of funny to me. And it almost, it felt weirdly, oddly satisfying to be able to, well, just to be asked firstly, it's like really thoughtful. Yeah. Um, but I'm self-taught on the guitar and I only learnt how to play it so I could start writing for the solo project that I do now about five years ago. So it feels really, like, flat, right, you know, really? I'm not good at the guitar, but I'm like, I've only ever been good enough to do what I think I need to do on the guitar, which is to, like, right, articulate right. A- <clears throat> the chords yeah. and the feel for mm. a song. That's about yeah. it. Um, but I learned. I kind of went through the grade systems of singing when I was at school. yeah. Um, and then in my twenties I did vocal coaching and I didn't, I kind of made it my mission to not be the sort of music teacher that would, t- I basically only ever wanted to be a fun music teacher. Um so I would yeah. specifically make sure I only ended up with families that like weren't doing grades with their kids or if they were that they weren't using me for that. So I've done teaching in like a much more like fun kind of teaching. I've, you know, I've taught teenage girls like Joni Mitchell songs and stuff like cool. that. You know, so it's always been like yeah. a little bit less academic much more like free and artistic and how do we interpret the lyrics and like how are you going to find your own nuance and encouraging them to write their own songs and that kind of thing I'm like the yeah. cool aunt of singing teachers
0: <laughs> that's really cool yeah the, <laughs> I just remember um I had guitar lessons at school and it was always what the, the guitar teacher wanted you to play like was normally the Beatles which is right which is cool, yeah. but it's always like a set like there wasn't much of them offering to, like, teach you, you know, a song you like, or was a bit of that, but I think generally music at school was, like, obviously curriculum-based, isn't it? And there's not much room for being, I don't know, creative and choosing your own yeah path and your own interests.
1: Yeah, and I think um, it's, you know, I was really naturally musical when I was at school. And I always thought that I that would be the one thing that I would come away from school with was ideally an A in A-level music. And that would be a sort of like, okay, well, I did well at the thing that I'm naturally okay at, basically. Um, at least, do you know what I mean? Um, but in the end, I like sacked it off after I did the AS level and then I quit it. Cause I was just, I couldn't hack it anymore. It was so mm. boring. And I found it really stressful to do. And we were learning, we were learning basically like rules of types of harmony from like the 15th century. And it, and I just didn't really understand. It was just a bit like sort of doing a mind, it was like doing a puzzle. And
0: Mm.
1: as much as I can appreciate that it can be really interesting and fulfilling to learn something, learn a way of doing something so that then you can then undo it and mess with it and sort of be like conscious in. You know, yeah. playing with your practice. This was just like so incredibly. I just was like, why would I choose to carry this? You know what I mean. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna do it myself. Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, again, like I think. I mean, everyone always says it, but teachers are very important, aren't they? And when you have a good teacher at anything, you really remember that experience. If they're the kind of person that can ever instill <clears throat> creativity and in, like original, or th- well, not even original thought sounds like a lot but enough encouragement and support for you to try stuff yourself and take risks and express yourself in your own way yeah because i think that's all that i ever want when i listen to music is to hear someone just really wholeheartedly pursuing their own idea i don't really care whether it's right or not do you know what i mean Mm.
0: yeah and you mentioned um getting into singing was it singing that you got into first
1: yeah yeah I mean I've yeah. been I kind of been singing for I mean I, I was trying to remember the other day like I think I wrote my first like pop song when I was about 10 I was really? in like a <laughs> band with my best friend at primary school so maybe it was younger but I think we were in year six at the time and um, yeah I started writing these, I like loved Britney Spears and I was writing all these <laughs> songs about imaginary boyfriends and stuff like that and just loved it. Um, yeah. And then when I got into my senior school, they had one of those systems where they had, you could take private music lessons. I went to a private school, it's very fortunate. And you could take your private music lessons and basically skip like one lesson a week and just like run off and go and do music for an hour, 45 minutes or whatever. So that was great because it was just, you know, every week just being able to kind of <laughs> a- actually really learn something about, I guess, something that I'd been told I was like naturally good at. But then when it, you actually start getting into the, especially with the grade system, it's quite hoop jumpy. Yeah. Um, But it did really set me up for when I then started doing the session singing, which, you know, is quite a. I was kind of fortunate to get a foot in the door with that in quite a random way and then it actually was quite a lucrative thing for me to be able to do in terms of work Yeah, in my 20s when I left uni and having that up my sleeve of being sort of I mean you call it um it's like classically trained in the sense that I was singing like arias and sort of in a classical style but mm. I don't mean classically trained like going to a conservatoire or something you know what I mean mm. um but yeah, it really broadened my abilities in that way. So it served served me very well when I got yeah. when I got into music more kind of professionally.
0: <clears throat> and your music, um, I think it, I think it's very cinematic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and cool is the word I would describe or use because um, <laughs> it just makes me think of old films and um like old 60s black and white films and i wonder if you do get a lot of inspiration from films and were there any in particular that are sort of key films for you that you get or you have got inspiration from with your music
1: i mean firstly i've got to like give massive props to my producer toby mclaren who is definitely the answer for all of those things that you just said like oh, cool. the, the, those last so my two singles that are yeah. up on Spotify he produced and he I'm like I'm sort of very um what's the word feel very anchored to working with him because I really trust his ear and his taste and we've kind of worked together for like probably six or seven years now in some capacity or another and he is very very into all of that 60s stuff like he has some other side projects as well that are very cinematic and kind of have like strings and horn arrangements and loads of good stuff and we're both really into 60s music and that kind of era of songwriting you know when songs are just like really quite strong and simple and then you've also got the sort of tangent of like the psychedelic era of writing where it's like the opposite of strong and simple and things are really strange and woozy and yeah artistic and wild (laughs) um but yeah I think for me like it's probably in terms of sound well not all films have great soundtracks but and and you can have you can be musically obviously really inclined to Films and inspired by films that either look really great or have beautiful um, soundtracks that aren't songs. But I think like the mm. Tarantino films in terms of s- songs featured in films. Yeah, soundtracks,
0: I was gonna mention. Yeah, Tarantino. That's yeah brings to mind when I listen to the the music and that's cool. Yeah, and, I think um, like the
1: Kill Bill, Kill Bill, and Pulp Fiction yeah and also actually um is it Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet from the 90s yes
0: I love that film that's one of the films that got me into wanting to make music videos and stuff I
1: love that yeah
0: because like it is almost a string of music videos that film isn't it
1: it's so true oh my god and that um I was just thinking because I saw something online about the character yesterday. You know, is it Makushio when he does that, the performance in drag coming down the stairs at the party to Young yeah, Hearts? Amazing, live, isn't it? Love, young, young Hearts, Heart's run, the free, run Free, sorry. Run Free, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, a complete, total music video, like, such an iconic way of pairing not just having a song playing in the background and it being a cool song but fully integrating a song into a film and it becoming part of the storyline yeah
0: i think the, the marriage of music and visual in that film influenced me and there's a scene on the beach with leonardo dicaprio oh, yeah. he's he's being all moody and there's Is a radio head yes yeah that that, that is...
1: Radiohead song is so good because mm. it's not on any albums, is it? Was it specifically written for that soundtrack, or because it's not on um, any of their talk show records? Haste. I don't.
0: It's think. um, it's a B-side. Ah, oh, okay. And I remember remember buying it. I remember buying the soundtrack just to get that song.
1: Yes. Because yes. you couldn't.
0: I mean, you could have bought the B-side on a CD, but I love the whole soundtrack. Yeah. And other films like Lockstock oh yeah true. that's got a great soundtrack yeah so true um, Such a good era.
1: yes yeah i think those tarantino films in particular kill bill and pulp fiction probably in a way two of the first places that i really heard music from like the kind of 50s 60s that kind of you know some of it's kind of girl groupy but some of it's a bit more soul and kind of hearing a little bit more of that kind of like pop song that i guess in a way they're sort of pop songs they're quite straight up but like they sound um they sound so cool yeah and that kind of marriage of, you know, not just having... A, it's almost like the opposite to Radiohead where the songs are really cool in the sense that they're quite abstract and musically quite involved and stuff like that. And obviously the production... I love Radiohead, so this isn't me sagging them off at all.
0: But Same, yeah.
1: <laughs> there's some something about the magic of, like, really simple, quite, um, almost, like... Quite, basic <laughs> lyrics but are just like fun. You know
0: Sorry that's I mean? my, my kitten so... Winnie has just oh bless. I'm such a cat person. Come onto the desk. <laughs>
1: Definitely here for it. Oh, if only our hey, listeners Winnie. could could see <laughs> very sweet.
0: Yeah, she is cute. She's um quite a character. <laughs>
1: how, how old is she?
0: Um she is 8 months old. Oh bless. Yeah. And um yeah, she's like into everything, like climbing the curtains and <laughs> all the usual kitten stuff. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah.
1: Ankle biting.
0: Yeah. Climbing up people. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry, you were talking about the oh, yeah, soundtrack. No. Yeah. The last part of it.
1: Yeah, I was just rambling was... about how great those that, that kind of is music is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So I I very I appreciate your your um your feedback of how you think my music sounds cuz that's totally what we're going for <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um sort of linking to that with the music video for Romance is Dead. Yeah. Um I I really love the it's got like an underwater effect. Mm-hmm. Like an overlay of um how did you do that? That was like really cool.
1: I mean mm. that whole video, the whole process of making that video was a complete dream because basically I had nothing to do with it and it was I just showed up mm. with my western shirt on and just like sung sang the tune. Um yeah. Our friend Dan from the Heavy who is quite often hanging around the Pound. Hanging out with Martin, um, he heard yeah. the song and was like, "We've got to make a video for this." I can see it in my head, and called up Tim, who is one of the twins from the Family Rain, who are oh yep. Yeah. brilliant bath-based like rock rock and roll band. Yeah, and um, Tim makes videos. they Tim and Will, the two twins. They're very visual, and so Tim came and filmed the whole video, and he had this idea for this for this wobbly water effect thing, which is very cool. The secret is, and this is, he told it to me this way, is that apparently in the 50s for like horror films, they used this method to get that wobbly title effect across the sort of titles of the film. Yeah. So we, we did it for the titles of the music video, but then you can see it kind of in the, in like quite a few of the opening shots of the video as well. You, Well, the way that we did it is a baking tray of water, um, yep. which you basically film, you film the water and m- manipulate the water and you just have it kind of lit and angled in a certain way that then you can see me in the water. and And with the titles, what they did oh, wow. is you just print out the titles on a piece of paper and hold it at a certain angle next to the water and then film them reflected in the water. So it's ex- no <laughs> we, our setup for that was literally like an ironing board, a baking tray, a bucket of water.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it. it looks yeah. really cool it, and weird, yeah. So it, it is um, um, handmade in, in that way. Like there's not much digital yeah. effects going on apart yeah, from, yeah, I it's guess, all... overlaying the two images and
1: yeah and and yeah. obviously quite a cool you know the fact that tim brought in a like a, <clears throat> a technique from 50s filmmaking is like yeah. very tim as well
0: <laughs> yeah i love it it's a really cool video um, thanks
1: i love it too and i feel i feel hap- you know it's it's kind of sometimes weird saying that you love something that's got your name on it when you've been really involved in it and you almost feel a bit like really it's almost like a sort of humble brag, like weird. It just feels odd. But because I had no involvement in the creativity, in the creative side of making that video, I'm like, just, I tell everyone how much I love it all the
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm
1: just like, this is amazing. <laughs> I, you know, and I just feel very grateful, basically, that um that everyone put so much like love and thought into it for me. Thanks. Yeah.
0: And um, do you have like a dream director that you would work with for music video
1: that is such a good question i don't really i tell you whose videos i always really love are um pj harvey's and i think she has like a long time collaborator whose name is maria and i can't remember her surname but on if you go on pj harvey's instagram page they're posting quite a lot of kind of archivey stuff they're yeah sort of remastering or i don't know what the term is some of her old videos and releasing yeah. like old footage and stuff like that i can't i, I can't remember her the collaborator's surname but i have a feeling that she maybe directed some of those uh, quite a few of her first videos and they're just super you know It's that brilliant combo of being really simple, but really artistically driven. Like I love, I love the, whenever I see a video where you think, actually it probably only cost, like it should have only costed you like 300 quid to make it. If you actually look at the tech that's involved, the scenery Mm. that's involved, like it's not, Complicated. You maybe not even using that great of a camera. You're not really like pulling focus, and that it's not super detailed. But it's just like energetic and and yeah.
0: And yeah, I find that inspiring. For me, I think oh, that's achievable. Like, I could, yeah, yeah, I could maybe <laughs> do something like that. Um. So yeah, even really simple, like you say, the simple videos are often like the best or the the truest. Yeah.
1: I know Radiohead have a couple of good like one shot. I know there's that, I can't remember what the song name is now, forgotten it. Is that the one where he's like running down the road? Is that Radiohead for Um, Am I thinking of the right
0: thing? Oh, and the car's following him. Yeah. um, Karma Police?
1: Yeah, just things like that that are just so like really pure, simple ideas. That kind of, I'm really into that kind of thing. I guess it's maybe a little bit of a sort of low budget mentality because you're always trying to think about how how to achieve something.
0: Yeah, there's a video I'm just sort of, um, where I think it's Tom York in a car park and it's filmed on a pinhole camera. it looks like it's been filmed on a potato that's how (laughs) (laughs) that's how like that's the look and yeah he's just singing into the camera and it's really um, dark and glitchy and Mm. the director is I think it's Sophie Muller I might have got her name slightly wrong but she's done videos for um, loads of people like Jeff Buckley Mm. like more like 90s videos. Wicked. But I like like her stuff as well.
1: Oh that's cool. i have to check I don't think I've seen that one, I'll have to check it out.
0: Yeah, I might be wrong it's a song.
1: Love that. We'll we'll find out soon enough.
0: Mention next. So you're um I noticed you do a lot of artwork, so digital collages and things like that, and I wondered yeah. what your um process was. And what what inspires you with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a sort of lockdown, um, you know, chewing at the edges of the sofa kind of frustration at what the heck am I supposed to be doing right now? Mm. (laughs) As a result of that feeling. Um, I can get in a really difficult headspace with myself about music where... I just don't, I sort of know I should be doing it and that I enjoy doing it when I do do it, but I find it really difficult to engage sometimes with like just sitting down and playing the guitar. And I think I just needed to sort of give my brain a biscuit basically and be like, look, just think about something else. And also the table—the yeah. really nice thing about doing something visual is being able to listen to something at the same time, which when you're doing music, oh, yeah it's like you're you just have to be so focused and present and you can't you can't listen to something else when you're writing a song you can't like read read something while you're you know it's like it kind of takes all of your you need like a full cycle of your senses and your mind being in tune um just you know logistically (laughs) yeah and being able to just have some ideas and throw them out and kind of mess around. You know, I started with the digital collaging thing and then, which is something that I did when I was at school um, and then kind of just never really followed up on, but I realized I just, you know, and it, it's all just like throwaway stuff. stuff. Mm. Um, but it was quite fun. I started sort of incorporating in um, the fo- like photograph, because I do a little bit of photography for fun. Like, not as a project but just something that I fool around with and so I was kind of going through old photos and then that was quite good fun kind of looking you know sort of a bit of a like blast from the past like oh the life I used to have and then taking <laughs> yeah. those images and then sort of incorporating some of that into the collaging and stuff and it was just nice to have just like another and I feel so much I feel like I can play a lot more with that and feel freer and more like I don't have a standard that I'm trying to meet. I think that's Mm. the, that's the freedom of it is like, I'm not trying to impress anyone by becoming a visual artist. I'm not trying to become a professional. I'm not trying to sell the outcome of this for anything. It doesn't need to have any value beyond it being fun. And like maybe ideally just like mildly visually stimulating or nice to look at for any, for maybe just me. Mm. Um, Whereas with music, I think there quite often can be this burden of like, am I writing a song that is going to fit with this project that is going to be my career, that's going to get hundreds <laughs> of people to come to a gig and it sort of feels quite weighty and it yeah. can end up actually being quite stifling for your creativity when it's like a job thing or you're trying to make it a job. Sure, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it was totally like, just I needed a, a, a something else to do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's quite freeing then to do something slightly different. Definitely.
1: And Same with the radio show mm, as well. That was basically exactly yes. the, all of these things. I just, you know, I've just dipped my toe into different things where I'm like, I just want something else to, to do and feel engaged with and like I can sort of Im- inspire myself with somehow and give myself a job or give myself a task and then have a mess around with it.
0: Yeah, like a creative project that you have a bit of a routine with and yeah um so the your radio show is called lonely lounge yeah and um i had to listen to i think the first one and the most recent one just recently and yeah wicked. um it's really cool and <laughs> i love the old old-fashioned like music you play on yeah, it yeah and... it's very old-fashioned uh, is the word
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
0: um but it's it's similar to that sort of 60s how would you describe 60s psychedelia
1: yeah I kind of I, tr- I sort of try and keep the genre feeling of it quite loose yeah but I def but there's definitely a thread um it definitely has some sort of like more kind of pop soul rock and roll kind of you know um like stuff like the Shangri-Las and you know yeah. things that are like a bit more in terms of like the songwriting they're not super edgy but the production's amazing the energy's amazing like I love that kind of songwriting so there's like a bit of that kind of an ilk of that and then I try and chuck in some country or some folk from kind of similar era but then the more kind of rock and roll like garage psychedelia kind of thing I think it's almost you kind of uh, sometimes it'll be sometimes I'll play stuff from the 60s but then I'll also play like a bit more kind of modern stuff that you can hear has been that feels true to that same like energy or style that's maybe a bit more it's actually I've actually been impressed at how much Because I don't really listen to modern... I don't listen to contemporary releases very much. I certainly don't Mm. intentionally try and really keep up with stuff anymore. I listen to six music. That's like my only real portal into what's going on now. Um, But in terms of like this kind of music that I really like, I find it very difficult to hear things that I really gel with that's modern. But I've actually been really grateful to find because I've been intentionally going and listening to loads of music I found way more stuff and that's been really satisfying as well
0: yeah so where do you find the music what, what places do you search out the music to play on the show
1: I mean I do a lot of I mean in a way like Spotify sometimes you can get stuck in Spotify loops where when you're sort of trying to discover stuff you just sort of end up listening to the same thing but mm. um been lucky to have had some good random like Spotify radio finds where the algorithm or whatever is actually quite good at chucking out old stuff (laughs) but my favorite there are a couple of really great um labels that specialize in a lot of re-releases and that's been quite a big there's a great one called Numero and they have they have a compilation that they put out maybe two or three years ago and it's called Basement Beehive and it's like all basically girl groups from the 60s but doing like really like stuff with teeth and it's yeah. really cool and pretty, I pretty it's almost guaranteed that i play one song from that compilation every show that i do now and just like may as well just call it the be you know numero <laughs> group presents the basement beehive it's so good i i recommend it like every week um but those guys put out they have a lot of playlists they do a lot of re-releases there's another really great label called ace records that do a lot of kind of curation and stuff like that and then what will probably end up happening is i hear about like one i hear one thing from there look a bit into the artist find out that actually they were on a label based out of here at this time and then listen to someone else that came out on that same label you sort of end up like finding little I sort of, funnily, when I was kind of first birthing this idea in my mind of like, oh, it'd be quite fun to just do a radio show, kind of chuck it online, mm. just do it for fun. I definitely felt a little bit like, oh, I'm not enough of a. I, I don't have a great memory for like people, places, scenes, like, I, mm. I can't tell you off the top of my head, like what record that song is off of. Sometimes I can't even remember who it's by. I just know that I love it. You know, I'm not like a great nerd for music. And sometimes I feel like if you ha- if you do anything that involves calling yourself a DJ, which I definitely don't, um, mm. it almost comes with a little bit of a pressure to be like a proper, you know, a fit, a proper and aficionado or expert about stuff like this. And it just actually felt quite important to me to be able to enjoy something and share something without feeling like I need to give in to a pressure to also be a certain type of person or be an expert in something. But yeah, still it's feeling like... like I enjoy sharing it just for the sake of it. Mm. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's a bit like the podcast, just sort of doing it for a bit of fun. And like you say, it was almost put off thinking like... I'm not that kind of podcast host, that in that kind of way, but I, yeah, but I by, think what like is if you're a podcast
1: you're... host, like <laughs> who decided what I that don't means? Know. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, just that really like outgoing, like I don't know. If you think of the really popular ones, right? But I don't super
1: chatty to... people.
0: Yeah, I think, but I think the ones I like listen to are ones that are. Authentic and,
1: yeah,
0: person's genuinely interested in the guest and asks thoughtful questions and so I don't think that you have to be like that.
1: Totally agree. To
0: be, you know, listenable or interesting or definitely. So, yeah. So how 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 many have you done now? Then how many shows? I've, I've
1: done eleven, and when I first started, which was in like January or February, I kind of set myself up with this schedule of doing one every week. Yeah. Which I managed, I have managed generally. I think I've just taken my second week off and it's kind of becoming a bit of a week and a half because this week is running late and I just can't be bothered to push it and like Mm. force it to be any quicker because I'm my own boss and I don't have to. (laughs) yeah (laughs) and no one's paying me yeah um but it's been especially when we were still in that like mega winter lockdown mode having something like because I kind of set up a sort of schedule for myself where they would come out every Wednesday yeah I actually ended up in a sort of rhythm of like having my interview chat with someone over the weekend the beginning of the week and then you know kind of knowing that Monday Tuesday I'd be editing and then Wednesday I'd upload and it just gave me like a structure and a sense of purpose Mm. and my chat segments only like 15 minutes long apart from one where we went completely rogue um (laughs) and like it's all quite manageable and it's basically just an excuse for me to listen to loads of music and like make a sort of playlist for the week um so it's not You know, it doesn't feel burdensome, but actually then when you look back on it, you're like, oh, I've done loads in the last month or whatever. And it kind of feels quite satisfying to have put something into the world that wasn't there before, that's just purely for fun.
0: Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, to have a new project? Yeah. Like, for me, it's different to filming and editing, so...
1: Totally.
0: like with with your um, collage work, like it's just something different that is just fun, really, and not doing it to make money or anything like that. But exactly, hopefully, yeah. other people find like value in it and like learn some, about some, you know, new bands and stuff to check out and yeah. well, just, just inspire other people.
1: Yeah, and I think like. <clears throat> You know, I love listening to podcasts so much. And I'm a very, you know, I love thought and conversation and community and all of those things, which is why it always felt really good to me to have a chat segment in the show. But I I think most people that listen to it listen to it for the music, not the chatting. And I think there's just something for me a bit kind of old school and old fashioned in quite a charming way about putting on putting on a radio show as opposed to just chucking on a playlist because it's you know it's one thing having a i mean it's one thing listening to like an algorithmic playlist that literally has no human touch to it Mm. it's another thing listening to a playlist that someone has maybe pulled together themselves like that's getting a little bit more personal yeah but then i what i really like about the show is having a load of music that i've chosen but i'm also like presenting to you like with my voice and being like and it's not i'm not saying anything revelatory about any of the songs but something that just feels a bit like i want you to listen to this next because i think it's really good and it (laughs) just feels a bit you know you can just have it on in the background and it's kind of one of the reasons why it's called the lonely lounge it's very locked down but you know it was like you know i just really wanted there to be a feeling of (laughs) Companionship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: definitely. So it's like a play, a play, an artist playlist, but with that personal touch, personality yeah. coming through of like actually hearing a voice. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how how can people find that online? Where can they go to? to... Yeah, is it Mixcloud?
1: Yeah, it lives on Mixcloud. So, um. We're on Instagram, and there's a little link tree in the bio, so you can just check it out there. The handle for the radio show is just at The Lonely Lounge. Or you can go straight to Mixcloud, and then it's mixcloud.com forward slash The Lonely Lounge.
0: Cool. Very okay. And I was wondering, um, what other artists' bands have you listened to in the last year that Ooh. you've that maybe is starting to influence you you and your music
1: ah so many there's a great band who are from the 60s i'm i want to say that they're british but i'm actually suddenly now doubting myself they're called Mm. the shadows of night night with a k and it was it's been really cool listening to their their music over the last like six months or so but then i just i played actually no tell a lie didn't i was gonna play one of their old tunes from the 60s in the lonely lounge and then it didn't quite fit with a playlist or whatever and then i discovered like a week later that they've reformed and they're releasing music now and it sounds great which is so rare for bands to make a comeback especially this much later but for it to feel like kind of energetically taste wise the way that it's recorded for it to still really kind of feel true and harken back to that old kind of analog like dirty drivey energy Mm. of the 60s when stuff was you know going to tape running through things analog like crunching distorting you know we're sort of so used to things feeling really crystal clear now. Mm. And I actually, I am one of those people that really likes the charm of things feeling like they're not. Um, sure, yeah. it adds a lot of character. So that's a really great band. Also, there's a okay. my like latest favourite find. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's similar to what I do. And maybe that's kind of one of the reasons why I really like it because it sort of taps into something that I feel like I've never really experimented with before. But there's a band called Holiday Ghosts that are around at the moment there. Oh, cool name. Yeah, yeah, and they're based down <laughs> in Cornwall. Yeah. And um, they, I think they're, they maybe have just released another record this year. So they're kind of in the process of putting singles out right now. And that's great. It's a bit more kind of rough and ready, like lo-fi, garagey, rock and roll pop. Like the, they're really simple songs but they're really like hooky and catchy and fun. And there's a kind of really yeah. like loose energy to it all. So I was really great. I was like, when I found them, I was like, why has no one told me about these guys before? Like, I'm so annoyed. And they're from the UK and they're around now and I'd never heard of them. What I was like yelling at my computer? Why didn't you tell me about them?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so that's been a really, really good find I'd recommend.
0: Is it somewhere else?
1: You know what? I actually can't remember how I heard about them. There's Their first single for this record is called Mr. Harandi. And it maybe came out in, like, January. And you know what? I actually have no idea where I heard it now. There's a chance it might have been on Six Music. But I'm not totally sure. But, yeah, I was, like, no looking back once I once <laughs> I heard it. I listened cool. to it, it, like, multiple times <clears throat> every day for about two weeks. So it's really good.
0: I would love to... Uh yeah I'll check it out I'll have mm-hmm. a listen back through
1: um I'm sure I, there's a very strong chance <clears> I played <throat> one of their tunes in that very first show that you listen to so <laughs> you might okay. you'll hear it again and be like oh it's that one
0: yeah uh yeah I love I love um six music also and um used to listen to a lot at work and mm-hmm. um I can imagine you having a show on it one day <laughs> That's <such> a dream <laughs> would that be a dream wouldn't it that really would be a dream
1: it's one of those funny things where like it's something i've never thought about but now i'm suddenly like oh my god that would be a dream why did i not just pursue that when i was 18 (laughs) do you know what i mean getting into broadcasting or something it would be really fun to learn how proper radio shows actually work because mine is definitely a complete diy job
0: (laughs) yeah i guess it's similar like you similar to the academic route of music and maybe like you were saying about going your own way and you've kind of like just started doing it so Mm. you don't have to go through like the hoops to yeah true um and i think with six music don't they have a lot quite a few um musicians that have shows don't they like Mm -hmm. um uh keris matthews jarvis cocker
1: and even Lauren Laverne. Um,
0: Lauren Laverne, yeah.
1: And Iggy Pop's show is so good.
0: Iggy Pop, yeah. I yeah, haven't yeah, listened to his, true. actually. Is, oh, does he he's... still do, is it like a regular thing or is it? I
1: think it's, it's at he... a funny time because I'm never at home like, listening to the radio. I have a feeling mm. it's something like Friday nights, 7 till 9pm or something like that. Like the kind of time when i'm like never gonna just be at home putting on the radio but i always wish i would because that sounds like the perfect soundtrack he's got an eclectic taste and i really appreciate that about it
0: yeah he seems like a cool guy yeah (laughs) still um still going strong yeah exactly (laughs) over the last year and how like you did one for um pound arts yeah love those guys yeah and that was filmed in the auditorium, to an empty audience. And I wondered how you found that experience of um, pre-recorded shows,
1: yeah. or even
0: live streams. Have you done much? Live Actually, that's the or... only
1: one that we've done this year. Um, and I kind of, I'm sort of grateful for that experience because I feel like it was kind of the, for me, it for for my preferences and personality. I feel like it was the kind of ultimate combo of ways to do it given the circumstances mm. um we had tim and will the twins from the family Rain. they came down and kind of filmed it and sort of came up with the visual concept for it and everything so it was really nice to work with them again in that capacity um yeah we basically just rocked up at the auditorium for the day um we had like a lighting engineer and Um, sound guy from the pound Mm. and um we basically kind of the concept because it was sort of pre-recorded and then got streamed at a later date we kind of wanted to treat it as somewhere between a live gig and a mildly conceptualized music video like a long-form music video it's like somewhere between the kind of random loose energy of a live performance and yeah the stylization of a music video but sort of like a trying to find the middle ground energetically of the two so we kind of mapped out um the because vi- there's a lot of like projected visuals yeah um that tim and will organized <clears throat> and so we kind of s- prepared all of that obviously in advance and like synced all of that up and then we basically played the whole set through twice so that it Mm. would still have that kind of live feeling of it you know we didn't want it to feel doesn't want to feel too neatly bundled up but at the same time we really wanted to make the most of the fact that we had creative control so it was kind of great um we tried to kind of keep you know we didn't like we had a couple of things where we had to stop and start but we tried to cr- like sort of film it as though it were a seamless thing and you know the song ends the lot li- you know you kind of practice in time like the lights coming down resetting the pedals the lights coming back up the next projection yeah you know we yeah. kind of wanted to keep all of those um segues quite natural and live so mm. Um, it was really fun and so grateful to The Pound because it was also like one of the few like paid opportunities I had as a musician through that year. And I got paid. Toby, who played with me, got paid. Do you know what I mean? That like every, you know, it was just it was like an actual paid gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's like glorious. <laughs> yeah. Um. Shout out to The Pound for because oh,
0: um, they've supported me over the last year. Which I'm really grateful for.
1: Wicked, yeah, they do so much busy. for creative people. Their support is yeah. just, yeah they they've been they've been my biggest. Ch- I mean, they knew that it was weird because they offered me a gig in Caution within about four months of me moving to Bath, despite me not telling anyone I'd moved to Bath. And I was like, ha- <laughs> really? I kind of had to. I got an email from Martin and was like. How did, by the way, how did you know that I was here? Like, how do you know who I am? And how do you know that I'm here? Like, it was just very... And they've just been, like, my biggest champions ever since and have, you know, really supported me and Toby and, yeah. and what we do. And it's been, um, yes, they are big advocates for us and we greatly yeah. support, appreciate uh, them, I should
0: say. Very um, tapped into the music, the local music scene and they... yeah. Yeah, they know about a lot of the upcoming, up-and-coming um, artists. And yeah. Like, before they're well-known, Yeah, they seem to have a knack of um, getting the artists, like, early. Yeah, which, love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they <sighs> got me on to Nuala Honan as well, actually. Um, oh, lovely, yeah. Yeah, they told me about her quite a while ago, because I think Martin's just a big fan, and I think she's mm. probably... I'm guessing that she's played at the pound at some point. Um Yeah,
0: I um I randomly out of the blue got um her record sent to me.
1: Oh, nice.
0: And it was signed, which is really lovely. Oh. And um she said thanks for your work on the recent I think it was Blue Sky Festival. Oh right. Back yes. in the summer. it's just a really nice yeah, touch. Um and it's yeah. Have you listened to that album at all?
1: I yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's a really nice mix of stuff, isn't it? Actually, yeah, really cool. And so I'm supporting her, which is great. I'm really looking forward to doing that. That's my first, you know, post-lockdown gig. I'm supporting her at the yeah, that's at the Lanes in Bristol at the end of June, I think it's like the 28th of June. Um, but the cool thing that they're doing, which I'm appreciative of, cause I'm definitely like a kind of safety first mentality is they are, I think they're selling the tickets as a seated socially distanced gig, even though it's post June 21st. Yeah, um, sensible. So that then as in the, how the situation develops, they could potentially open up the capacity if they're comfortable to, but if they're not, then Hmm. do you know what I mean? There's a kind of, I think there are quite a lot of venues that are opening back up at quite big capacities and kind of not allowing for like a middle ground where if it, if things don't quite quite go right, that they then can't pull back to halfway, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's like a kind of all or nothing. Whereas in this opportunity, Hmm. it's like, actually we can go ahead safely um oh good regardless so that feels really nice
0: yeah you must be excited about um playing to a real audience
1: i know i'm like and i know it's only you know it's so it's what is it like a month and a half away and i'm already kind of going oh my gosh what am i gonna play what are my songs how do they go (laughs) i like can't you know it's Mm. gonna take me a little bit longer than usual to sort of get back into the swing of it but yeah i'm really looking forward to it
0: cool one of the questions was um what would be your advice to young people that want to get into music and follow that path as a career
1: um i think it would probably be start by doing it in the sense of kind of like what we were saying about you know like that your podcast and and my radio show and that kind of thing just sort of having like a self-starting attitude and not being afraid that not knowing what you're doing is a reason mm. to not try. I've said that sentence in a really backwards way. but
0: Just to start just it. Just start. But I yeah. think it's
1: also, you know, um, use use as many opportunities as you can to really hone in on what it is that's important to you and what you're about. Because you could be a really well-skilled, trained musician who is a session player who gets booked for all kinds of stuff with all kinds of people, works in amazing recording studios. And, you know, um, maybe you don't have so much creative control over what you're working on. Maybe they're not so much your own projects, but you get paid really well and you have amazing opportunities and you're like super skilled. Yeah. Or you might be really into like the punk and the DIY scene and it's just not about, being really trained musically and you care about you know the energy of what you do and having a lot of life experiences that you really draw on for writing your playing style and i think there isn't a right or wrong it just kind of really depends on what's important to you and your creative expression and then just pursuing that as kind of firmly as you can um yeah and the more people that you meet the more experiences that you throw yourself out the more opportunities are gonna arise for you out out of the melting pot of life. Which is I think why it's so hard that we've been in this lockdown situation because so many of those opportunities have been taken away mm. to just like chat to someone at a bar at a gig and go, Oh, I love that band too. Oh I'm in a band, Do you wanna come play bass? Like you kind of lose the ca- the casualness of those interactions mm. and connections. Um but you know, we'll get back there, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah,
0: that's hope. Um <laughs> 2022 is like an amazing year of yes. people getting out there and cre- presenting to the world like their creations and what they've been working on. And
1: yeah, what everyone's, I'm sure yeah, that we'll see a lot of output from the lockdown. Do you know what I mean? I think people are probably sitting on a lot of work.
0: And and even that's just the thing you mentioned of being in a bar and chatting to people and networking yeah. and being at a gig and it's really important.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Leigh. I really appreciate you coming on and having a chat. Oh, and... mate. It's
1: been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you.
0: Cool. Um, and how can people find you online? What's your um, social media or yeah. your website name?
1: Well, my website is quite a good landing page because you can just like, click through to everything from there. And that's just mm. lowbarms.com. Very simple simple yeah yeah
0: and, and you can watch the for... romance is
1: dead video that we've spoken about is on the homepage for that as well so if you want to go and check out the wobbly water effects then that is where yeah
0: definitely check that one out and i'll link it to you when, when i post the uh podcast love that cool. okay. okay
1: thanks so much luke
0: cheers luke